0: Hey, everybody. Just before we jump into this new episode, um, I just want to touch on everything going on with Dr. Ford and Judge Kavanaugh. I just want to say to any woman that feels scared and unempowered and, uh like, what, whatever you do, nothing will ever happen. No justice will be served. I hope one day we can all feel a sense of security. I believe Dr. Ford and... um she knows what happens, and you can see it in her in her voice, in her eyes. What happened happened. Judge Kavanaugh cannot get away from that, and he knows what he did. He does not deserve a place in our government. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back. This is Life Short Talk Fast, and I am Courtney. Um, (laughs) Welcome back, guys. I'm really excited if you are here listening, and I know a lot of them are my friends, but hi anyway. Um, Happy Halloween month, right? It's October. It's the fourth. No, third. It is the third. It is Wednesday. It is October 3rd. Are you wearing pink? I'm not. I don't own pink. I wear black. Like every good Halloween fanatic should. So, welcome. Uh, Some exciting news. This podcast is now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Is that a thing? (laughs) Anchor FM, which is where I always record from. Uh, Stitcher. Pocket Casts, and pretty much wherever you uh, get your uh, podcasts from. So, that's pretty cool. I'm pretty jazzed about that. But, let's get into it. Happy Halloween month again. I decided to dedicate this month to a little spooky series. So, every Wednesday, which is when I'm going to be putting out new content, I am going to be bringing you some spooky. Spooky, spooky stuff. So this week we're going to do, we're going to talk about the origin of Halloween and traditions and how it all came about. As well as read from Grimm's Fairy Tales. And I have the complete fairy tale collection book. I'm going to be reading one story which seemed pretty spooky. Not even spooky, just kind of like, ooh, (laughs) mystical. I'm an idiot. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, we'll do maybe a conspiracy theory. And a spooky stillery ghost story. Not this week. Just coming up. (laughs) Um, And we will definitely end on the 31st with uh, lots of doorbell rings. Because I have children in the neighborhood that are going to come for candy. And I am so excited. I love seeing kids dress up in their costumes. It's so fun. And they just... They have so much fun. And I'm so excited to be in a neighborhood where that's a big thing. Because I went trick-or-treating a ton when I was younger, as most, you know, kids do, and it's so much fun. You get to dress up. You get to have all of this fun, all of this candy, and that's freaking awesome, so yeah. I'm really excited about that, but uh, let's jump in and talk about the origin of Halloween. So Halloween roots can be traced back to Celtic culture in Ireland. Um, it's it's equ- <laughs> this is according to their Druid religion. November first with a New Year's on their calendar, so the, the religion would <laughs> the religion the celebration would begin on October thirty first, and would go into the following day. Um, any of the spirits who died the year prior would rise up and roam the earth at night. At night, on that night. So this is like, you know, an evil night when spirits roam the streets and villages. Um, And the Lord of Darkness, who I'm not going to say his name, I'm going to butcher it. um, But he would arrive in search of spirits to take them to the underworld. So that's really cool where you start that origin. Um, The... (coughs) Sorry. The... Site I'm looking at is called holidayinsights.com and it just doesn't give me an exact uh, year. But you know, now obviously that was back in oh, Celtic culture. Oh my god, guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but that was yes, yeah, so Celtic culture had that and that's where it started in Ireland. But now, of course, we know it as, you know, celebrated with costumes, trick-or-treating, superstitions, and uh, you get that all from the Druid holiday. So, Hallow's Eve was what the original name was called in Ireland, and uh, Halloween evolved from All Hallows' Eve. So, it is originating from the pagan holiday honoring the dead. And the veil between the world of the living and the dead was thin, so it was easier for spirits to pass through. Pass through, And it allowed souls of the dead to come back to Earth and walk among the living. People would leave out food and candies for the dead and hope that the evil spirits would leave them alone. <laughs> which is like, they can't eat. <laughs> they don't want that. <laughs> like, why would you give them that? Um, they would also carve out turnips and rutabagas and place embers in them to ward off the evil spirits, which now, of course, we... Do that with pumpkins, and we call them jack lanterns. Jack a lanterns, not lanterns. <laughs> and this would keep the souls of the dead away. Um, the Roman Catholic Church, though, created All Saints' Day called, uh, which was also called Hollimus, which is like, you know, it sounds like Christmas. That's how I'm saying it. Which was on November 1st to honor saints and All Souls' Day. And on November 2nd to honor and pray for the souls of the dead. Uh, they were created, these, these specific holidays were created by, oh my god, I'm so sorry, <laughs> these holidays, these holidays days were created by the church in part to downplay the pagan holidays of hallow, halloween, needless to say, it obviously didn't succeed, and halloween as we know today is like, it has grown from that druid holiday, um, you know you get you get fun you get scary you get like satanic things um so you know that's that's it's it's grown and it's become such a fun fun thing and i mean of course honoring the dead is super important um i believe in ghosts and i believe in spirits and souls and all of that and uh, you have to respect those who've passed on, you should respect them in living as well. But you should respect every spirit that has passed. Um, Halloween, though, is second only to Christmas in spending money. Oh, man, consumers spend over $2.5 billion during Halloween. That's a ton of candy and costumes and decorations and party goods. So, you know, that's Freaking cool. So I'm going to talk about the Lord of Darkness really fast. Um, the Druid, religion of Celtic tribes, worshipped the Lord of Darkness. Um, to some, he was referred to as Lord of the Dead. And the new year began on November 1st as the hours of night were, um, nighttime, nighttime were growing significantly over the hours of sunlight. Hence, Lord of Darkness reigned over the long winter months as the influence of the sun god receded. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, and then, so this goes into pumpkins and all that. And those were around for a couple of years. And I'm not going to go into pumpkins and how they came about because it sounds very boring. Even though I love pumpkins, that just sounds insane. <laughs> um, so... Oh, let's talk about Dio Dios de, de, de los Muertes. I can do this. Dio de los Muertes. I'm sorry if my R wasn't rolled hard enough. I, I'm white. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. So if I do say something wrong, you can let me know. I will gladly correct it. But I, I think I did that pretty well. Um, So that, of course, is a holiday that translates to Day of the Dead. If you haven't seen Coco, I highly recommend it. It's such a good fucking movie. Um, But it is a very important Mexican holiday. Um, And of course, you know, Americans, or us whites, as I like to call us, (laughs) um, they shy away from the topic of the dead. But Mexicans embrace it because they're to celebrate these souls and these spirits in a huge, huge way. Um, So it's just, you know, you're celebrating the life of like a loved one that's passed on and. So, so Dio de los Muertes is just such a, it, not that it's a fun holiday to celebrate, because I mean, of course, you know, you're celebrating the people that pass on, but it just looks like there's so much food and happiness and you get to remember these wonderful people and uh, it just kind of brings everyone together. So, it's, it's really pretty. <laughs> I really like it. I, I really respect that uh, culture. Mexican culture, um, it's just, I mean, I respect every culture, so long as you, you know, no, i not going to say it, <laughs> that sounds horrible, but so long as, you know, everyone respects everyone, and I think that's super duper important, but Mexican culture is just so lively, and it seems so fun, and Dio de los Muertes just sounds like such a beautiful time to rec- um Think about your loved ones, and think about the people that you had in your life, and those spirits, and spend time with them. Because let's be honest, you're probably spending time time with them. <clears throat> so, moving on to trick or treating, um, it is believed that the Irish began the tradition of trick-or-treating, a trick or treating um, in preparations for All Hallows of Eve. They would, uh, Irish townsfolk would visit neighbors and ask for contributions of food for a feast in the town. Um, so that's, that seems, oh, that's it. That's everything that's on that site. So yeah, that's the origin of Halloween on this specific site. Again, this is uh, holidayinsights.com. I will be 100% honest with you that I, Kind of, I, I tried to reward it a little bit, but I definitely read from this page, which is totally fine. Nothing against that. Um, but just kind of an FYI. So, now that we have done that, let's get into our Grimm's fairy tale, shall we? I promise my reading will be better this way because it's in a book and not on a computer screen. <clears throat> I have picked the book, the book. I have picked the story today called The Juniper Tree. So, um, here we go. I hope you guys like this. (laughs) Okay. It is now long ago, quite 2,000 years, since there was a rich man who had a beautiful and pious wife, and they loved each other dearly. They They had, however, no children. Though they wished for them very much, and the woman prayed for them day and night, but still they had none. Now there was a courtyard in front of their house, in which was a juniper tree. And one day in winter, the woman was standing beneath it, paring herself an apple, and while she was paring herself the apple, she cut her finger, and the blood fell on the snow. Ah! said the woman, and sighed right heavily, and looked at the blood before her, and was most unhappy. Ah! If I had but a child as red as blood and as white as snow. And while she thus spake, she became quite happy in her mind, and felt just as if they that were going to happen. Then she went into the house, and a month went by, and the snow was gone. And two months, and then everything was green. And three months, and then all the flowers came out of the earth. And four months, and then all the trees in the wood grew thicker and the green branches were all closely entwined. And the birds sang until the wood resounded and the blossoms fell from the trees. Then the fifth month passed away and she stood under the juniper tree, which smelt so sweetly that her heart leapt, and she fell on her knees and was beside herself with joy. When the sixth month was over, the fruit was large and fine and then she was quite still. And the seventh month she snatched at the juniper juniper berries "'and ate them greedily. "'Then she grew sick and sorrowful, "'and then the eighth month passed, "'and she called her husband to her and wept and said, "'If I die, then bury me beneath the juniper tree.' "'Then she was quite comforted and happy "'until the next month was over, "'and then she had a child as white as snow "'and as red as blood, "'and when she beheld it, "'she was so delighted that she died.' "'Sorry, (laughs) that was like, "'and then she died.' (laughs) Alright, oh, anyway. Then her husband buried her beneath the juniper tree, and he began to sweep we- to weep sore. After some time, he was more at ease, and though he still wept, he could bear it. He wept, he could bear it, and after some time longer he took another wife. <clears throat> By the second wife, he had a daughter, but the first wife's child was a little son, and he was as red as blood and as white as snow. When the woman looked at her daughter, she loved her very much, but then she looked at the little boy, and it seemed to cut her to the heart, for the thought came into her mind that she he would always stand in her way. And she was forever thinking how she could get all the fortune for her daughter, and the evil one filled her mind with this, till she was quite wroth with the little boy, and slapped him here, and cuffed him there, and so the ha- unhappy child was in continual terror, for when he came out of school, he had no peace in any place." One day, the woman had gone upstairs to her room, and her little daughter went up too and said, "Mother, give me an apple." "Yes, my child," said the woman, and gave her a fine apple out of the ch- out of the chest. The chest had a great, heavy lib- lid with a sharp iron lock. "Mother," said the little daughter, "is brother not to have one too?" This woman made th- <laughs> sorry. This made the woman angry, but she said, "Yes, when he comes out of school." And when she saw from the window that he was coming, it was just as if the devil entered into her. And she snatched at the apple and took it away again from her daughter and said, Thou shalt not have one before thy brother. Then she threw the apple into the chest and shut it. Then the little boy came in at the door, and the devil made her say to him kindly, My son, wilt thou have an apple? And she looked wickedly at him. Mother, said the little boy, how dreadful you look. Yes. Yes. Give me an apple. Jesus. Mom, you look terrible. Okay, give me the apple. I'm sorry. I know that I'm just supposed to be reading this, but like some of this is like, geez, my kid said that to me if I had a kid. I'd be like, damn. Just, you look horrible, mom. Can I have the apple though? All right. Then it seemed to her as if she were forced to say to him, come with me. And then she and she opened the lid of the chest and said, take out an apple for thyself. And while the little boy was stooping inside, the devil prompted her and crash. She shut the lid down and his head flew off and fell among the red apples. Then she was overwhelmed with terror and thought, if I could but make them think that it was not done by me. So she (laughs) so she went upstairs to her room, to her chest of drawers and took a white handkerchief out of the top drawer and set the head on the neck again. Enfolded the handkerchief so that nothing could be seen, and she set him on a chair in front of the door and put the apple in his hand. After this, Marlinchen came into the kitchen to her mother, who was standing by the fire with a pan of hot water before her, which she was constantly staring around. Mother, said Marlinchen. Brother is sitting at the door, and he looks quite white, and has an apple in his hand. I asked him to give me the apple, but he did not answer me, and I was quite frightened. Go back to him," said her mother. "And if he will not answer thee, give him a box. Give him a box on the ear." So Marlinchen went to him and said, "Brother, give me the apple," but he was silent. So and she gave him a box in the ear, on which his head fell down. Marlinchen was terrified and began crying and screaming and ran to her mother and said, "Alas, mother, I have knocked my brother's head off." And she wept and wept and could not be comforted. Relentian, said the mother. What has that done? But be quiet and let no one know it. It cannot be helped now. We will make him into black puddings. <laughs> what? <laughs> then the mother took the little boy and chopped him in pieces, put him into the pan and made him into black puddings. But... Marlingin stood by weeping and weeping, and all her tears fell into the pan, and there was no need of any salt. Okay. So they're cannibals is what I'm getting. (laughs) All right. Okay. Then the father came home and sat down to dinner and said, But where is my son? And the mother served up a great dish of black puddings, and Marlingin wept and could not leave off. Then the father again said, But where is my son? Ah, said the mother. He has gone across the country to his mother's great uncle. He will stay there a while. And what is he doing going to do there? He did not see me he didn't he did not even say goodbye to me. Oh, he wants to go, and asked me if he might stay six weeks. He is well taken care of there. Ah, said the man, I feel so unhappy lest all should not be right. He ought to have said goodbye to me. With that he began to eat, and said, "Merlinchen, why art thou crying? The brother will certainly come back. Then he said, ah, wife, how delicious this food is. Give me some more. And more he ate and the more he wanted to have. And he said, give me some more and you shall have none of it. It seems to me as if it were all mine. And he ate and ate and threw all the bones under the table until he had finished the whole Sorry, right, my dogs are freaking me out because they're just, like, standing at the door. Um, okay. <clears throat> but Marlin Chin went away to her chest of drawers and took her best silk handkerchief out of the bottom drawer and got all the bones from beneath the table and tied them up in her silk handkerchief and carried them outside the door, weeping tears of blood. Then the juniper tree began to stir itself, and the branches parted asunder and moved together again, just as if someone was rejoicing and clapping his hands. <clears throat> At the same time, a mist seemed to arise from a tree, and in the center of this mist, it burned like a fire in a... Stop. Sorry. My dogs are literally keep turning around like, what's that? And I think it's just me reading. <laughs> At the same time, a mist seemed to arise from the tree, and in the center of this mist, it burned like a fire. And a beautiful bird flew out of the fire, singing magnificently. And he flew up high in the air. And he and, and when he was gone, the juniper tree was just as it had just as it had been before, and the handkerchief with the bones was no longer there. Marlinchen, however, was as gay and as hap- and happy as if her brother were still alive. And she went merrily into the house and sat down to dinner and ate. But the bird flew away and lighted on a goldsmith's house and began to sing. My mother, she killed me. My father, he ate me. My sister, little Marshall, and gathered together all of my bones, tied them in a silken handkerchief, laid them beneath the juniper tree. Kiewit, kiewit, what a beautiful bird I am. The goldsmith was sitting in his workshop. shop. <clears throat> Oops, sorry. <laughs> was making a gold chain. When he heard the bird, which was sitting, singing on his roof, and very beautiful, the song seemed to him. He stood up, but as he crossed the threshold, he, came one, he lost one of his slippers. But he went away right up the middle of the street with one shoe on and one sock. He had his apron on, and in one hand, he had the gold chain and the other the pincers. And the sun was shining brightly on the street. Then he went right on and stood still and said to the bird, Bird," said he. "Then how beautifully, how beautifully thou canst sing! Sing me that piece again." "No," said the bird. "I won't. I'll not sing it twice for nothing. Give me the golden chain, and then I will sing it again for thee." "There," said the goldsmith. "There is the golden chain for thee. Now sing me that song again." Then the bird came and took the golden chain in his right claw and went and sat in front of the goldsmith and th- sang, "My mother she killed me. My father he ate me. My little, my sister, little Marcheline." Gathered together all of my bones, tied them in a silken handkerchief, laid them beneath the juniper tree. Kywit, Kywit, what a beautiful bird I am! Then, my, then the bird flew away to a shoemaker and lighted on his roof and sang, My mother, she killed me, my father, he ate me, and my sister, little Marchalin, gathered together all of my bones, tied them into a silken handkerchief, laid them beneath the juniper tree. Kiwit, Kywit, what a beautiful bird I am! Am I? Oh, my God, I've been saying that wrong the whole time. <clears> the <throat> maker heard that and ran out of the doors in his shirt sleeves and looked up at his roof and was forced to hold his hand before his eyes, lest the sun should blind him. Bird, he said, how beautifully thou sh- can't sing. Then he called him in, in at his door. Wife, just come outside. There's a bird. Look at that bird. He he just can sing well. Then he called his daughter and children, Apprentices boys and girls and they all came up the street and looked at the bird saw how beautiful he was and what fine red and green feathers he had and how like real gold his necklace was and how the eyes in his head shone like stars bird said the shoemaker now sing me that song again nay said the bird i do not sing twice for nothing thou must give me something wife said the man go to the garret upon the top shelf there stands a pair of red shoes bring them down then the one, the wife went and brought the shoes. There, bird said the man. Now sing me that piece again. Then the bird came and took the shoes in his left claw and flew back on the roof and sang. My mother, she killed me. My father, he ate me. My sister, little Marlichin. Gathered together all my bones, tied them in a silken handkerchief, laid them beneath the juniper tree. Kaiwit, kaiwit, what a beautiful bird am I. And when he had sung the whole song, he flew away. In his right claw, he had the chain and the shoes in his left. And he flew far away to a mill. And the mill went clap, clip, clap, clip, clap, clip, clap. And in the mill sat 20 miller's men hewing a stone and cutting hick-hack, hick-hack, hick-hack. And the mill went clip, clap, clip, clap. Then the bird went and and sat on a lime tree, which stood in front of the mill and sang, My mother, she killed me. Then one of them stopped working. My father, he ate me. Then two more stopped working and listened to that. My sister, little Marlechin. Then four more stopped, gathered together all of my bones, tied them in a silken handkerchief. Now eight only were hewing, laid them beneath. Now only five, the juniper tree, and now only one. Kaiwit, Kaiwit, what a beautiful bird am I. Then the last stopped also and heard the last words. Bird, he said, how beautifully thou singest. Let me, too, hear that. Sing thou once more for me. Nay, said the bird. I will not sing twice for nothing. Give me the millstone, and then I will sing it again. Yes, said he. If it belonged to me only, thou shouldst have it. Yes, said the others. If he sings again, he shall have it. And the bird came down, and twenty millers all set to work with a beam and raised the stone up. And the bird stuck his head, stuck his neck through the hole and put the stone on as if it were a collar and flew onto the tree and sang. My mother, she killed me. My father, he ate me. My, my sister, little Marlechin, gathered together all my bones, tied them in a silken handkerchief, laid them beneath the juniper tree. Kaiwet, Kaiwet, what a bird, beautiful bird am I. And when he had done singing, he spread his wings and his right claw, he had the chain and his left, the shoes and round his neck, the millstone. And he flew far away to his father's house and in the room sat the father, the mother, and Marlachin at dinner, and the father said, How light-hearted I feel! How happy I am! Nay, said the mother, I feel so uneasy, just as if the heavy storm were coming. Marlichin, however, sat weeping and weeping, and then came the bird flying, and as, as it seated itself on the roof, the father said, Ah, oh, I feel so truly happy, and the sun is shining so beautifully outside. I feel just as if I were about to see some friend again. "'Nay,' said the woman. "'I feel so anxious. "'My tea chatter, and I seem to have fire in my veins.' "'And she tore her stays open, "'but Marlachin sat in a corner crying "'and held her plate before her eyes "'and cried till it was quite wet. Then the bird sat on the juniper, juniper tree and sang, "'My mother, she killed me.' Then the mother stopped her ears and shut her eyes "'and would not see or hear, "'but there was a roaring in her ears "'like the most violent storm, "'and her eyes burned and flashed like lightning. "'My father, he ate me. "'Ah, mother,' says the man.' That is a beautiful bird. He sings so splendidly, and the sun shines so warm, and there is smell just like cinnamon. My sister, little Marlogin. Then Marlogin laid her head on her knees and wept without ceasing, but the man said, I am going out. I must see the bird quite close. Oh, don't go, said the woman. I feel as if the whole house were shaking and on fire, but the man went out and looked at the bird. Gathered together all of my bones, tied them in a silken handkerchief, and laid them Beneath the juniper tree. Kywit, Kywit, what a beautiful bird I am I. On this, the bird let the golden chain fall, and it fell exactly round the man's necks, and so exactly round that it, that it fitted beautifully. Then he went in and said, Just look what a fine bird that is. What a handsome gold chain he has given me, and how pretty he is. But the woman was terrified, and fell down the floor in the room, and her cap fell off her head, and the sang bird once more. My mother, she killed me. With that, I were a thousand feet, Beneath the earth, so as not to hear that, my father, he ate me. Then the woman fell down again as if dead. My sister, little Marlachin, ah, said little Marle- said Marlachin, I too will go out and see if the bird will give me anything. And she went out, gathered together all of my bones, tied them in a silken handkerchief. Then he threw down the shoes to her, laid them beneath the juniper tree. Kiewit, Kiewit, what a beautiful bird am I. Then she was light-hearted and joyous, and she put on the new red shoes and danced and leapt from the house. Ah, said she. "'I was so sad when I went out, and now I am so light-hearted. That "'That is a splendid bird. "'He has given me a pair of red shoes.' "'Well,' said the woman, who sprang to her feet, "'and her head, hair stood up like flames of fire. "'I feel as if the world were coming to an end. "'I, too, will go out and see if the heart feels lighter.' "'And as she went out the door, crash. "'The bird flew down the millstone on her head, "'and she was entirely crushed by it. "'The father and marshal and what had happened and went out. "'And smoke, flames, and fire were rising from the place.' And when that was over, there stood the little brother, and he took his father and marshaled him by hand, and all three were great bright flat, and they went into the house to dinner and ate. And that is the juniper tree. Uh, I apologize for a couple of times that I did pause. My dogs are in the house with me, and I know I said this in the middle of the book, um, in the middle of reading, that, you know, they were being weird. They, I think there's nothing going on right now. There's no noise in my house. So they can hear cars driving by. And they're like, what's that? <laughs> so I am um, going to open my door right now and let them out. So you're going to hear that. And I'm going outside. And that's close. <laughs> All right. So that is one of Grimm's fairy tales. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, that's pretty much it for this episode. Huh? Unfortunately, I just didn't have anything planned. Um, I am going to tell you this, though. So... I will definitely be doing a video or an episode on the 10th. I may have to skip the 17th. I am getting married on the 19th. So uh, it's going to be a little, a little difficult. So you guys might not have an episode from me then. But the 24th and the 31st, for sure. If nothing goes up on the 10th, you just know that nah, she didn't record anything that day. And that's, you're going to have to deal with it. So, um, thank you guys for coming. And please, down below, you can see that you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. And um, if you'd like to uh, give to support this channel, go ahead and down below will also be a link to tell you how to do that. And I don't know why I'm saying down below, in the description of this episode, we'll have all those links and all those apps. And uh, I will see you guys next time. Have a very, very spooky, spooky night. Bye.